0: Hello, and welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf.
1: I, and I'm the guy who doesn't know anything about anime, Malcolm Cloud.
0: But but you know a bit more. You're slowly but surely knowing a bit more. Every, every week.
1: Yeah, every week, I guess I'm getting a little bit more of an
0: education. Uh, so for those just joining in, each week I select an anime series for Malcolm to watch. Although last week, it was a movie. So we're already switching up the format. Yeah. So yeah. A series it's a series each week and three episodes that best showcase that series strength. And uh last week we did the movie The Wind Rises. Malcolm, how was it?
1: Uh I loved it. Uh I couldn't say anything uh better about it. I think it's uh uh it's a movie that got uh got short end of the stick against Frozen at the Academy Awards, uh Down with Frozen, hashtag down with frozen. And uh yeah, I think it might be the best thing we'll ever watch on this podcast. But I'm pre- I'm prepared to uh how prepared to see what other things we can watch that maybe are at its level.
0: Yeah, no, and uh, I mean not to not to jump ahead too much, but I think what we watched this week was at least closer to that level than some of the other series we've gone over.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a. It was a, It's an interesting show that you had me watch this week.
0: Yeah, so anyways, without a doubt, one of the most popular anime series in North America was uh, Cowboy Bebop, created by Shinichiro Watanabe, and we are not covering it today. Uh, we are covering his most recent show, Carol and Tuesday, episodes one through three, and uh, Watanabe is without a doubt one of the most respected anime directors out there, so as always, let's get into the story of his famed career. He was born on May 24th, 1965 in Kyoto, Japan. He got his start in animation working at Sunrise, who, if you've listened to our previous episodes, they're best known for their work on Gundam, and he actually worked on one Gundam series, in fact. He also supervised the direction of some other series, but his early claim to fame was his work co-directing the mecha film, Macross Plus. The success of that film enabled him to make his full directing debut with the 1998 series Cowboy Bebop. Uh, now to say bebop is an important anime is an absolute understatement it is without a doubt one of the most popular anime in north america it's critically acclaimed by pretty much everyone universally loved i I would argue i i have yet to see the contrarian take that uh, cowboy bebop is bad maybe 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 i should go look for it it's sci-fi setting combined with its unique musical style made it really stand out especially for western audiences who had a more limited view of anime at the time what with you know the fact that stuff was Basically, you could just find it on Tuname or whatever, you know, network, Teletoon, YTV, whatever, you know, basic cable networks you had at the time. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about Bebop because, yes, we, we we will cover it, just not today. But one important thing to note, though, is that Bebop was an incredibly music-driven series. Watanabe has said this process begins with talking about the music and working on instinct from there. A person who worked on Bebop with Watanabe said the process involved casual chats, listening to new records, and using them to build inspiration for new worlds. The core of these settings and stories is in the music. Even when it comes to discussing visuals, Watanabe uses musical terms, comparing his 2014 series Space Dandy to a music festival, with each episode being a showcase for a different animator. His follow-up to Bebop, 2004's Samurai Champloo, blended the wandering samurai concept with hip-hop. After that, it wouldn't be until eight years later that he would direct another series, with Kids on the Slope which was a show set in modern Japan, about an introverted high school student who bonds with a delinquent over their love of jazz. He then followed that up with the aforementioned Space Dandy and Terra Resonance, which which is probably my least favorite thing he's done, um, both of which came out in 2014. Terror in Resonance isn't, like, bad or anything, but it's definitely the most out of step with him, and while that can sometimes be a good thing, it's more of a thriller and just kind of threw me off. Which brings us to Carol and Tuesday, which only just debuted last year in 2019. This show, similar to Kids on the Slope, is about musicians, although in this case it's set 50 years in the future, and on Mars. A rich girl named Tuesday runs away from her life as a politician's daughter in order to try and make it as a musician in Alba City. There she meets an orphan refugee named Carol, and they become a singer-songwriter duo together. Um, Malcolm, let's get right into it. So, I think definitely in tone, this is you know it's different from the wind rises and it's definitely different from our other uh, boys shows as they will call them
1: yeah well this is uh this is a young adult series that i feel is uh definitely more geared towards uh girls uh like it just has like it just has the hallmarks of like um yeah they're like disney channel shows that are for like girls. Like I don't know how else to say it. Uh
0: I think I don't know. I never felt it girly. I mean, I I like, I, I, just, I love the music, but it was cool to just again see, you know, we haven't really done a female-driven series yet. Yeah, so, I'm not
1: saying that as a like being to be sexist or anything else. It's just like, oh, this was yeah, this is so like if Gundam is uh almost, yeah, male-driven, like this is the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's bad. It's just uh this was, a, it was an interesting change of pace, uh, which I actually uh, didn't mind.
0: Yeah. So again, the, the show opens with this. Uh, I love, I love how anime, especially animes that kind of promise you something will happen in the future. And again, this one promises you that there's going to be this seven minute miracle.
1: Yeah, and that was uh, – obviously, uh, that's the only time it's mentioned in the three episodes we watched. We watched episodes one, two, and three. Yeah, it's it's mentioned well. in the
0: intro every time, but thanks to Netflix skipping intros.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess it is – yeah, technically that. I was skipping the intros past the first episode. Yeah, fair but, enough. Um,
0: which I probably should uh, shouldn't have done, but uh. yeah, I mean that's Netflix for you, man. It's it's definitely something to talk about because the the intro music is fantastic. Um, I've yeah. got it stuck in my head because I didn't initially watch this on Netflix. I watched it um, on Crunchyroll while it was premiering in Japan, so I've actually seen the series back to back in both sub and dub.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Do you like? Was, was there any like noticeable differences, or was it just? Uh...
0: I mean, the, the actors on both sides are fantastic. I didn't find t- any weak links in either cast. Um, but again, those viewings were also separated by months. So I guess I couldn't quite remember. Yeah. I mean, I watched the dub version of this,
1: uh, and I thought the dubbing, yeah, was uh, pretty good. Uh, I mean, I think if you were to talk about it, the first of all, the voiceover is so, like, jarring because it's like this really gruff voice. I and mean, we figure out who it is later. But yeah. like the, for the first two episodes, there's, you don't, there's no correlation as to like who that voice is compared to what the show you're watching is. Like the guy is just like, and they're going to be the most famous singer-songwriter duo on all of the galaxy. Like it's yeah, just so,
0: so let's get into the first character we, we're introduced. We're, we're introduced to Tuesday, who's this rich girl who's a runaway.
1: Yeah, and they're also on Mars, which I think is so uh, random. Like, it, and <laughs> it, I don't hate it. Like, well, like I the was just like, is. it took me a second because I was like, because they say Martians, and I was like, Martians. <laughs> oh my God, they mean that must mean they are from Mars. Like, that's what I guess people born on Mars are called. They're
0: called the. Martians. I mean that, that that's what they would be called. I they be called that's, Martians.
1: And then the yeah. show
0: is actually. Does that like, mean
1: people who become are from Earth become Earthlings? Is that like the. Yeah.
0: The same? I, I like how. Even the if they're future, all human? In Futurama, they went out of their wage to call Earthlings uh, Earthakins. I think they were just like, you know, making fun of it by giving Earth people the dumbest name, Earthakins.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I do like that. I mean, who knows? Maybe they are called like, you were born. Yeah. Or, yeah. Earthkins. I like that. I'm going to say that.
0: So, so I, should point it, out, yeah. I should point out that this show is actually a low-key spin-off of Cowboy Bebop. Um, there's zero plot connection, but they are both set in Mars, and they're both kind of set around the same time. It's not like any characters from Bebop are referenced, but there are certain no. terms like woolongs, which are the currency. That is from Bebop. Oh, oh, see,
1: I don't, I haven't watched yeah. uh, Cowboy <laughs> yeah. Bebop yet, so I wouldn't know. I, I, uh, I am
0: teasing all you viewers. Uh, we will get to Bebop eventually, but... I, I want I want this journey we go on. I want us to earn Bebop. I've I've
1: only heard great things about Bebop, so I mean I have um, those are, expectations for that show are are high, uh, but I'm excited uh, when we do get to it. But yeah, so like I guess that was the one thing is going back to the the first episode is yeah they're Martians, and uh, it took me a second to like piece that together because I was like but well, this is a a show about two girls who are singers like why why is it on Mars but then it becomes pretty clear that Mars is just is colonized um or like you know has been inhabited uh if you don't want to use the word colonized and um you know and now there's uh big major cities and like countrysides and like you know it's kind of like earth but on Mars
0: Yeah and again I I just love even though it is in the future it's and also on Mars I just love the subtle details. Again, it's not like going crazy, crazy with its futuristic stuff.
1: Yeah. Like what are some of your favorite subtleties?
0: Um, I like in the episode three with uh, where, where they're at a restaurant with um, they're just at a diner and the, uh, the table itself is the menu basically. And they just, Oh,
1: the- I did like that. I didn't notice uh, note that. Cause like yeah. in that episode, there's a, A uh, reference to like, oh, it's farm to table because they grow the tomatoes upstairs. And then there's a shot where it's like you see them at the table and then you go up and like where the, I guess the second floor would be. It's just like tomato plants.
0: And there's also a lot of AI companions. Like everything kind of talks. Like doesn't her suitcase talk?
1: Yeah, so her, she has a suitcase that she loses. This was really bothered me in the first episode. Like the suitcase, she has the suitcase. She has to, you know, the suitcase dies when she's like sneaking off to go to Elba City, and then she like charges it in this like goat train that she's on. Yeah, um, which I thought was it was weird but funny because like she clearly enters like a passenger side, but then just ends up with all the goats. Um, yeah. But like the goats seem pretty well behaved because she like charges it. And I also love that, that there's a, just like a charging station right in the middle of the goat pen. Um, she charges the suitcase and then, um, but like later on when she meets Carol, there, uh, the suitcase is gone. Did I miss something? Did I miss a scene where the suitcase gets stolen or something? Or I, I don't just...
0: think you missed anything no.
1: Cause I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like there's no like shot of like the suitcases in the, uh, Storage room that they live in, or whatnot. Hmm. Um, but yeah, my notes say like, oh, Martians, and then later on it says, so this is set on Mars. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> again, I don't even tell you the premise of the show when we when we do these things. I don't give you anything.
1: Yeah, I did like there was a shot in the for, when they, she's going into Alba City where there is a big like statue of um, I think it uh, is of Mars the uh, the god.
0: God, that's that's a good way of putting it. Again, the world building in this show is is very like subtle. It's not like on the nose, and none of the stakes I mean there are stakes, and again, like I picked episodes one, two, and three because again they have like the most clear thorough line. But man, there's some really cool stuff to come later on in the show. Um, yeah. This it's, one again, it's just that subtle world building and it's not it's not really jarring, I find. It's more like, oh, that's neat. Yeah,
1: what well, I think what makes this work because um, i was you know I, again I, I was a little surprised by how much i got uh, i like the show Cause there are shows that we've done where it's a grind where i'm watching and i'm like i'm like kind of on my phone i'm like i'm i started i go into this tunnel of like almost hate watching because i'm like <laughs> what is this i'm trying to i have to like go back and rewatch. uh this one was very easy to digest but because it's set on Mars, they have this opportunity to, like, build out a, a new city. So there's, like, new little things they can do. Whereas if you, like, set this in, like, Tokyo or you set it in New York or Paris or a London or some, like, major city that we all know, you're, you'd you have expectations of geography that, like, doesn't lend itself to creativity.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. We, I, we, yeah. Well, what were you saying? Oh, no, you go yeah so then, at this point, now we need our uh, next character, who's Carol, and Carol is the complete opposite end of the spectrum uh from tuesday she's She's a poor orphan refugee, and she's working a bunch of dead end jobs
1: yeah the part time jobs she's doing are like kind of get uh increasingly more absurd uh, i love it. which I loved um we can talk about her job i think it's in the third second or third episode the
0: second one is really good yeah yeah oh
1: yeah it's the second episode but yeah so she's like working at like basically a fast food place um but she has this i'm gonna say this one of the one of my favorite parts of the show so far was i love jiggy i think jiggy the alarm clock that's also (laughs) an owl is that's the biscuit of the show in my mind
0: i was gonna say this we need a new segment uh who's the speed wagon of this but that's interesting because i didn't think jiggy i guess because jiggy's not human i didn't think jiggy would be that for for this
1: but it's like because they have they show another uh one of these like ai companions later and it's not as cool as jiggy like jiggy because like there's times where jiggy's listening to uh Carolyn Tuesday like sing and it almost feels like he's about to cry when they're doing an emotional song. I was like, okay. Yeah, he's definitely the uh Robert E.O. Speedwagon you know, of the show. I just I don't know why. I just I'm a oh, sucker man. for an animated owl and uh this this was a fun take on that.
0: If you like if you like the robots in the show, man, I should have I should have picked episode four because that one features a robot who's a scammer. A robot director. A tiny oh. robot director who's a scammer.
1: Oh man, hey, maybe this will be one of the shows where I decided I'm gonna keep watching this for could be a studio cast.
0: And I, I think it should note this show is not something like My Hero Academia, which is endless. This is a this is a twenty-four episode series. It has a beginning, middle of an end. You do get to hear the uh the seven minute miracle at the very end. Uh, the show delivers on all those promises.
1: Oh good. Because I had a feeling and that's the other thing with this is that this clearly has like an arc. Mm
0: -hmm. like it
1: it has the makings of like oh yeah they start off as like unknown uh singers they you know they're two people who are clearly kind of loners by nature like you know Tuesday uh it's it's established uh slowly and we don't really get a lot of pieces but from what I understand is like you know she's obviously comes from an affluential household her mom, you know, and she obviously has run away and that might cause problems for her mom who I think is a politician.
0: Yeah, As, and her, some, her mom plays a big role in the second half of the series. Also. You know,
1: where it's like, she's like, oh, I'll just let her go out for now. But like, she's obviously wants it to be quiet because, you know, she doesn't want people to know that her daughter ran away because she mm. might not be a good mother. And, um, you know, and then obviously, um, was that Carol is, you know, an orphan. Um But, man, I'm trying to figure out what my point was. Uh, The point is, is, oh, yeah, that they, like, you know, end up being, obviously, the singer-songwriter duo pretty much from the top. But, uh, you know, that they're
0: also probably going to be best friends. For sure. And then the other character we get introduced is uh, Angela, who's a model. Yeah, that one's, like,
1: I'm just like, okay, I feel like Angela's being set up as the villain. Like I, I don't of, want
0: to spoil too much of the show, but I will say the show is relentlessly positive. And, and having just watched another movie about aspiring musicians, uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music, these shows are kind <laughs> of similar in that th- th- there are no bad people. There aren't really any villains. Everyone has a good side eventually. Oh, good. Yeah. Like I there's a, Because
1: by the end of the third episode, though, there is a bit of like a sadness with a- Angela's arc where you mm-hmm. can start seeing the pieces of like, oh, like, you know... Because of her mom and like yeah stuff.
0: and certainly certainly you know Angela is set up to be this you know um, well, that's the other thing too, with Angela's arc, and again, we're kind of jumping ahead, but the, these three episodes really feel like one piece. Yeah, it's actually, like, that's the thing. It's, like, it's
1: hard. Like, I want to be jumping more yeah. around it because they all lead into the other so well. They're very well-structured. Like, all three, like, if you had just made that a pilot, like, an hour-long pilot, you know, I don't think anyone would be, like, oh, that's kind of an odd. Like, that doesn't, does the pacing's off. Like, no, it, like, paces really well Um mm. t- together. Like, so, I will give you props for, like, deciding to just, do it as an arc rather than like, go, I want you to see the first episode, something in the middle. And then you're going to watch the seven mir- minute miracle.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I would definitely consider it again, like the the episode four is really fun. It would have been a fun episode to talk about with, with the robot director scam artists. But you know, again, like I just feel these three episodes just really perfectly complement each other. And again, it sets up the arc of the show. Um, So yeah, we're introduced to, um, yeah, so with Angela, though, she wants to become a singer. And she meets this guy, Tao, who, uh, who's all about AI songs. And that's a big thing in this show. Yeah,
1: there's, like, they constantly bring up this idea that, like, because AI is so advanced now, that, like, AI will make the perfect songs for, like, people. Uh, I think there's a line, I wrote it down, where it's, he goes, uh, I can make songs... Um, or can make songs from Daft Punk to Michael Jackson.
0: I love it. There, there's so many, of course, you know, they, they don't make up things. I even just like basic details, like how they don't, like when they're talking about Instagram, they don't just like create a fake social media platform to be copyright free or something. They're just like, no, you, you saw, people saw your video on Instagram. Well,
1: well they, they, it's visually Instagram. I did notice that they did use the phrase made social media account.
0: Oh no! They also mentioned straight up Instagram.
1: Oh, they do they? I yeah. I wrote down in the first episode. She goes, I made a social media account. It's, it's like and in I, episode three. Uh, but I but obviously once you see it laid out, and then later on you'll see like I think in episode three there is like a YouTube video that you watch. They parody.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know how that legally works, but again, I I just feel a lot of other movies and TV shows. They always have to like come up with a fake one, and it always sounds so cheesy. And this I is feel
1: busy. I feel like because this is like, it's Japanese, like, this is obviously a Japanese, uh, created show, that I feel like Japan might have different laws. Yeah. And compared to, like, America, which a lot of these, I, you know, I think you're referencing American films. Um, so, like, it's easier for them just to go, like, we can do this. Because in, th- in theory, like, it is fair use. For like, sure. in my opinion, like, it's a fair use, um, issue like it's like it's not like uh, unless you're making like I don't know yeah like the Facebook movie where you may you know run into some issues but um although that didn't even seem to be a problem because like the social network uh, exists so um yeah I don't really know I don't maybe there people just got scared of lawsuits because it was so early on when some of those films were making so you get like things of, like instead of you know Facebook it's like you know uh, face album or something stupid yeah. like that
0: yeah so anyways we uh, we are our, our final kind of character of this whole piece in this first episode is Gus who's drunk at a bar
1: you see I didn't know who he was because like in t- for the first like episode and a half uh, the, he's just a guy at a bar
0: yeah
1: and like he's just drunk and they don't really establish him um, and it's like oh I was, I had a feeling he was someone who was going to be important because they kept cutting back to him, but I actually thought it was going to be the bartender who had something more to oh, okay. like, like the bartender was an aspiring manager who like was working the bar and he was tending to these drunks and maybe like Carol and Tuesday, go in and like play a song at the place. Um, but that's clearly not what happens. And probably for the best because Gus is a fun character.
0: He he is very fun, and yeah, he we get a lot of him in episode three. But yeah, back back to back to our leads, Carol and Tuesday. We get them meeting up.
1: Tuesday is a sad sack, all right. She that's, <laughs> she's always on the verge of crying. At least in the dub he I is. listen to, she's like, oh, I I'm so. You're <laughs> such a beautiful song, and I,
0: I don't know how to clean the apartment, and I I, I want to make music with you, Carol. Yeah, well, she she's very sheltered, again, like, she doesn't even recognize that her own, like, mansion of a house is, like, a mansion. She's like, oh, no, that's just, that's just they all, all the houses on my neighborhood look like that.
1: Yeah, she does say that, and, like, and I guess, like, at a certain point with Mars, like, I guess there's got to be settlements like that. Yeah. And, obviously, you know, finding out later that, you know, the mom's the politician, is like, oh, yeah, so she comes from it's like, affluential, which in some ways makes her dreams harder because that it means, like, her parents, probably her parents, and this is all, you know, me guessing. I haven't seen the whole thing. It's like, you know, probably parents want her to be, like, the perfect daughter who's, you know, um, obeys the commands and is sort of just there for to smile at the photos and doesn't, it, like, it's to be seen but not heard. For sure. When really she wants to be heard and seen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah, when Tuesday and Carol do meet up, they talk about how she didn't how Tuesday didn't fit in school. Yeah, she just says, says she's like
1: stopped going to school, which I was like, What? <laughs> it was kind of funny. Uh
0: and I like how she mentioned Sydney Lopper.
1: Yeah, well this the first episode is uh is called True Colors, which yes. is uh a Sydney Lopper's
0: Yeah, so song. so every episode is named after like a real song.
1: Which I like, again, I appreciate when they just, like, make that, like, make it real. But what I think is kind of funny is that, like, they make references to, like, kind of, not necessarily even modern, but, like, they do make these references to, like, musicians and, like, oh, my God, I love so-and-so. But because this is, like, kind of set 50 years in the future on Mars, it's, like, some of these are so dated at this point. Like, I assume because this show is new, so it's, like, say it's, like, you know... 50 years past, you know, yeah, 2019, 20. Yeah. you're, like, at, like, 2070. So you, they're, make, they're making over 100-year-old references at that point. Like, when they're, like, talking about – there's a – later on, I think in episode three, they make a reference to Brian Epstein, who is yeah. famously I the mean, fifth Gus, Beatle.
0: Gus, to be fair, looks like the type of guy who was probably a music nerd. Well, he, they
1: say he was in a band that was a ripoff of Motorhead, which <sighs> –
0: it's like
1: what called lazy sandwich, and like I was like, Wait a minute that's like it's like being yeah. accused, uh you know what I mean it's like I was trying to think of like a way of like we referencing it's like i like, it would be like if I was a song like a poet right now and someone was like man you're you're a lot like Walt Whitman, and you're like that's an over a hundred year old reference or like. Yeah you know, your your social commentary is like Mark Twain. You're like, that's a long time ago and you don't necessarily want that. But it was just like, there's, it's almost like they, what's, what I find it hard. And I think this like certain shows set in the, like in the future do this, where they're like, because their writers are older, they're making references that from a timeline standpoint, don't make sense as to like, oh, this would be like a retro um this would be a really retro uh, kind of throwback is like, you could just say like a modern artist, like, man, I love that old stuff, like Katy Perry or Lady Gaga. And like, it would make sense in the context of the show, but like to then throw it back even farther. (laughs) is kind of crazy. But at the same time, there is this element of like music supposed to be timeless. Yeah. So I guess in theory, like these songs should, you know, stand the test of time. It's just that like, I don't know. I don't know many songs from like 1920, for instance.
0: Yeah. And again, the, the show's focus on what future music is is more just the concept of AI music. Like that's what it, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Which I believe
1: is probably something that I would not be surprised in the future. If that like became like
0: something realistic. So this is uh, Watanabe talking about AI music. And it, I, I I ripped this from the site, uh, Otakwest. So uh, very good site. I just discovered them thanks to my research. So uh, shout out to them for getting this awesome interview. And Watanabe says, The current real world culture is slowly becoming a platform for analyzing what is popular and trying to recreate it. I wanted to show that same concept, but a bit distorted. I feel that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing when making this. I certainly think that AI will come to write novels and it will slowly come to the point where it would be impossible to distinguish if a human wrote something or an AI. I suppose there could be a future where an AI wrote a novel similar to the kind that advertises themselves with an all of America cried story as well. I think it will take time as the production process becomes more complicated for each novel and music will join an era when AI will make music prior to the movies therefore. are for. So that, that, that's him on that.
1: That's so sad. That's, and, but the, the thing is, is I don't think it's like unrealistic. Like there's already those memes where, uh, people go like, you know, I, you know, I fed a computer like, yeah. you know, 10,000 hours of, you know, us, the asylum, you know, the guys who made like yeah. Sharknado movies. And this is the script they produced. It's like, you know, it's it's kind of like this nonsense right now, but I can definitely see it. Happening. I
0: think if we've noticed at least from the creators, the last two creators we've been quoting, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of depressing um, anime directors.
1: Yeah, they, these are like it's. I guess it's an interesting like, and I don't know what it's like, but it's like what is it like? Because I think there's like this outsider. I mean, as a white guy, the, yeah. a, a, a kind of almost this um, view of Japan where it's like everyone like head down they're working hard they like you know they're always like I got all this it's like but what does it mean if you're in that kind of society of how like I think North Americans perceive Japan but like then being an artist like I think as two people who are creative like I'm a comedian you're like a voiceover actor yeah uh, it's you know it seems you know it's didn't it doesn't feel foreign to be doing this
0: yeah and oh my god wait wait till we get to Evangelion that's 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 the most manic depressive show out, out there that's that's the show that will break you in many ways uh, um but man yeah there's just like again these old souls and you know um Watanabe he is 50, he is 55 as of this recording so you know i mean so he's he's- not, you know as old as Miyazaki for sure but again i think you know, this dude who, who clearly likes listening to old records and is just a, a total music nerd. Yeah, he probably, he probably is, you know, got that kind of, kind of feeling right now.
1: Yeah, I will say when I was, I like went on vacation to Japan and I went to a couple of record shops when I was there and they they actually have a great record store. like, I think the music culture in Japan is excellent so. it's so
0: fascinating and that's why i love the music of like japanese shows and i listen to you know the ops to all these anime series constantly because i again there's just something about it i i'm not a music nerd myself i can't really explain it but it's just interesting how they take american music and just kind of twist it it's almost a bit distorted but in such a weird blender way yeah it's it's just like
1: oh I, it's just seeing it differently because they're not you know they're not growing up with like, oh, I've been to these American, like this Americana staples. It's like, it's their imagination of what Americana is.
0: Yeah. And, and just, speaking of music, I, uh, the music in the series is fantastic. Um, the would, so-
1: yeah, the song that they play in the fir- in these two episodes, the two songs rather, yeah. are great songs.
0: Yeah. So I'm just going to play a bit of The Loneliest Girl.
1: Love Find I ride it out. You come
0: yeah so this is the first uh, song we hear them play and uh what i like about the shows you actually kind of see the creative process with songwriting yeah
1: because like when they mi- initially meet they're um carol is on like this on a bridge she has her piano out and she's like kind of lamenting how she's no one sees her and that she's like you know she feels very alone and so she's just like humming what that song like it doesn't have lyrics at that point but she's humming the songs and like that's actually how uh carol and tuesday meet because tuesday's walking along the bridge kind of going like you know she has she's just been in the city she doesn't really know what she's doing or where she's going and like she just stops and kind of cries listening to it and then later on when they're kind of jamming back at i guess carol's place which soon becomes carol on tuesday's place that's when like the lyrics come yeah
0: and you know again you know they're they're 20 minute episodes they don't get the time to you know do like a full-length movie of what it's like to do songwriting I remember watching a, a really good Patrick Willems video about, you know, just how modern biopics suck. And of course, you know, he 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 tore into Bohemian Rhapsody which just features every god awful trope imaginable.
1: I mean, that movie if you haven't seen it features the most schizophrenic uh I think it's like them at like um having lunch scene where it's just constantly cutting. Like it's just all these cuts like there's like they clearly didn't have like a master shot so they're just like it's unreal and it's, yeah but,
0: i mean we've it, referenced it twice in a row now <laughs> in reference to biopics last week and you know uh things about music here but yeah like there you know you'll have those american music biopics where you know they're just like aha you know they'll get into a fight with a person and then say the name of the song and then be like aha and then you know come up with a song right away yeah rocket
1: man was pretty guilty of this where like rocket man would be like oh like um bernie uh who's famously bernie Topin? Ta- Topin, taupin uh he like famously is the lyricist for all of elton john's songs and like he, there's just like a scene where he writes the song uh your song and it's just like oh here's a piece of paper here it is and then john uh, elton john goes to a uh piano and he immediately has like the perfect like uh melody for the song it's super weird
0: <laughs> yeah and i mean yeah in that williams video he talks about how he just wished movies would just like take the time to at least show the songwriting process and again because the show is you know 20 minutes long they don't quite have that much time but at least you just see them coming up with the bones of something and then just like figuring it out and just jamming it's again it's it's just showing you the beauty of creating music
1: yeah i i appreciate um i appreciate the fact that they uh took their time in the first episode to like do some of this stuff, especially for 20 minutes. It doesn't feel suffocated like some shows we've seen.
0: Yeah. So we we can move on to the second episode born to run, <laughs> which again, just great titles.
1: Yeah. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Um, so this is just something that I immediately noticed. So Angela's mother, uh a man's voicing that right yeah a a man's
0: voicing that and there is some explanation um the gender the you know there are queer characters on the show and there there is like a character who is trans um again we're two straight white males i I don't feel 100 percent you know being the arbiter of what's correct or not in the case of this show mild spoiler the environment on Mars does like cause people who who are women to sometimes exhibit ma- male characteristics of some sort. Yeah. Um. Because again, it's the Martian environment. Yeah. I oh, mean.
1: Okay, it, that's good to know. Yeah. Like I, there was no like issues with that. It was just like oh, bec- like it was just was like oh, I'm curious. Yeah, if this was um, a trans character or not, because as you mentioned, there are um trans characters in this show apparently but yeah, i don't I, know which ones uh they are but i you know i also didn't feel like there was going to be some sort of insensitive thing going on with the yeah, show, especially one not, that's this new
0: it's it's not intended to be insensitive and watanabe uh especially for you know uh someone who's japanese is very you know japan which doesn't typically have sometimes the nicest um treatment of you know pe- you know uh non-cis uh people or whatever but no Watsonabe is a pretty good guy and again like what i think a good thing to know is just how diverse this cast is again you know tuesday is white um carol is coded as you know african-american or something like that
1: yeah i was gonna say carol you know i wasn't sure if carol was supposed to be biracial or yeah uh yeah but she's clearly not a white or Asian character, which I and actually it's, really it's, liked as a lead in this kind of show,
0: and it's, just in the background you see it's you know a totally multiracial group of people
1: oh yeah you like you see kind of uh everyone represented, which I think again is a really great uh choice because I think some of these shows we've seen it's very like you know very i guess white and asian is the mm-hmm. best way I can describe it i don 't want to like. <laughs> be insensitive or anything no but. but
0: again it is like yeah definitely very kind of one oddly enough gundam was actually the show you, you pointed out that actually was like pretty diverse in terms of uh the representation at least in iron-blooded orphans
1: yeah well i think the newer the show the more you see it i think so it's some for of the sure. older stuff where you're like oh okay i see what's happening here this was made in 88
0: yeah for sure I, I think jojo at least in, in part three you know oh actually no, let's not even get into jojo i read something that didn't make iraqi look very nice recently oh no <laughs> uh, he he did oh, not have God. the nicest words about the egyptian people sadly oh fuck oh uh we'll like, we'll get into that more next jojo talk or whatever but um no uh again like watanabe i don't want to use the word woke but again he he is just a very cultured guy his shows in general are just very positive and you know He loves, again, music is just something that just brings everyone together, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's supposed to be a unifier is that like, you know, like I don't like personally when people go like, that's black people music, that's white people music. It's that, so it's like, music should just be like for whoever wants to enjoy it. Like, Mm. you know, that's like, just who cares if like one thing, you know, it has a perception of like a certain person needs to like this. Yeah. Um, That's not how it should be.
0: So with episode two, let's get into Carol's part-time job, which is is really funny. This this made me laugh out loud. Like some of these shows, the humor
1: has fallen flat for me. But this one, this job, I laughed really hard.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) she's basically an actress. And this person who has died has paid people to be at his funeral. and, And her job is to go up to the casket and cry. And she's just like, what the hell?
1: Yeah, it's this this weird thing where I guess he wants, you know, the person, the client is, uh, you know, just wants to show off. They're like, yeah, I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of people who are mourning me.
0: And I guess we could assume not just uh, Carol and her, uh, I don't want to say mentor, but other coworker are being paid. Also, probably all the people in in the pews are also probably being paid too. Yeah,
1: that's kind of the implication. The implication is that there might be like, a couple of legit people there, but for the most part, everyone else is being paid.
0: And again, um, I, I just love this kind of, I mean, certainly in a show about AI filmmaking, wanted uh, Nabe is clearly like commenting on just, you know, just that artificiality of just human interaction in the future.
1: Oh yeah. And I mean, I think I can, I can see this happening now. I can see this happening in the future because like, as you know, we get more and more, uh, involved with you know social media and this like constant need to be liked and viewed and you know like everything from TikTok to what Instagram reels to YouTube it's like you know there i could see people becoming obsessed with this perception that like oh i need other people to think this of me instead of like hey why are we even doing this like ping pong match where we're constantly uh, asking each other you know, to like view us in a prism rather than just be like, "Who are you actually um and so I think it's a yeah it's a fun it's a funny scene, it's a nice social commentary and his and her coworker just goes over the top
0: oh yeah her 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 coworker has clearly done this a lot. he's like those professional extras you see on set those people who take who really take things way too seriously.
1: Oh, man, yeah, having, like, been uh, in a few commercials with extras, like...
0: Yeah, there's some weird <laughs> guys there.
1: Some weirdos <laughs> where like, production just has to, like, yank them. Like, they're like, hey, you're gone. <laughs>
0: um, so. And, yeah, she we constantly see in this little scene uh, this blue butterfly. It's kind of hovering all over the the priest. And then by the time uh, Car- Carol gets to her, you know, mark, I guess, she just sees that butterfly on top of this bald-headed priest's head. And then, yeah, she just bursts out laughing and, uh, yeah, things things did not go well.
1: Yeah, well, she has this, like, flashback of being at uh, the orphanage. Oh, yeah, that too. And then, like, there's this bigger kid and kind of bullies her. But she, like, kicks his ass. And I was like, hell yeah, like, go Carol. Like, I was like, you can only root for Carol. Even though it's kind of a fundamentally sad scene because the kid's like, you're never going to be adopted. And it (laughs) kind of comes to fruition that she never does
0: i also noticed that kid kind of looks like a younger version of her coworker. I i i think they're meant to be separate characters but it is interesting if you look the the model for yeah the kid in the flashback looks kind of similar to her uh, over the top co-worker at least in my opinion
1: yeah i did notice that and i wouldn't be surprised if they're just kind of reusing similar character models. Yeah,
0: because uh, it didn't seem like she knew him prior. It seemed like she was meeting that guy for the first time. It's not like she was like, oh, hey, it's you. You know, we're doing this yet again.
1: Yeah, like, I know there's a lot of, like, it's, there's certain, like, video game companies that are really guilty of that. Like, yeah. I don't know if you ever played any games from Supermassive, Supermassive games. They they maybe did, like,
0: what games do they make?
1: They did, like, Intel Dawn, uh, the oh, Dark really? I
0: thought all those models, did they have a lot of reused models? Where? Uh... Um, Not
1: in that game. It's oh, that okay. every subsequent game they've done, like uh, <laughs> super massive games, like there's like a game called Hidden Agenda, the Inpatient, like Man of Medan. They all have like certain characters that like, it's there mostly all for their minor characters where they're just constantly reusing the faces. And it's like been brought up in their own like, you know, Uh, super massive games like wakia um Mm -hmm. wakia um where it's like oh this character model is also like the this this and this and it's and i i can see how like especially if you're on a time crunch and like this this show is seems pretty modern like it's very up to date with its references that like oh i could see them just being like yeah it's kind of similar like
0: Mm -hmm. who cares yeah and so we also get introduced to a character who i just love uh who is dj erdogan yeah, that
1: he's – oh, man, I have some good quotes about him. <laughs> like, just like um, – I think he's such a perfect parody of, like, DJ culture. Like, it's kind yeah. of making fun of those, like, you know, Dylan Francis types, like the, um, you know, Deadmau5, Skrillex, uh, the Chainsmokers, like those kinds of guys who, like, you know, it's like, this is an experience, we're going to be young forever! Or like, that yeah. kind of DJ. I think he says, uh, oh yeah, he wrote this down, he wrote the line, I only love capable men and attractive women. <laughs> and that's like, sums him up so well.
0: And and Erdogan is another character, you know, he's he, he doesn't exactly get the best rep in these two episodes he's featured in, but again, like, this show is really good at developing people later on. I think the second half of the show... When I first watched it, I didn't quite get it because it does kind of move away from the music roots and gets more into the politics of everything. But certainly on my second rewatch, I really appreciated just what the story they end up telling is. And like, you get one episode with Erdogan where uh, it's discovered he has like imposter syndrome. So he actually like hates himself and he like talks to this dark version of himself. And yeah, like, you know, this dude who in these two episodes is, I wouldn't call him a full jackass. He seems to like have some sense of humor. He's hes not, again, no one in the show is fully bad.
1: No, like, there are elements, like, that are kind of redeeming, like, their surprise moments. Like, in the third episode, you think, like, he's kind of this creep because he, like, takes off a robe and the girls scream and you're like, oh, no, did he just, like, oh, expect, yeah. like, one thing? But, like, in reality, he's, like, in underwear and he's working out. So, so, like, I can see how, like, they're kind of setting up these characters to be, you know, kind of, like, dicks and, like, maybe that's what fame does to people, but um i can definitely like there's nothing about them uh from character traits that are like oh man these are like irredeemably evil this is there's no like jojo's bizarre adventure where it's there's like no dio there's <laughs> like do you know dio is a bad guy from the moment you see him on screen
0: although although i should note i should note and i gotta scroll this really quickly uh dio's voice over actor is featured in this show and uh let's continue talking and i'll bring it up when I when i when i oh and i figured out
1: oh that's interesting i mean
0: i mean so many of these actors are so good right
1: oh i just talked over you You, oh what did you say you repeat what you said
0: oh no just lots of these voice actors of course you know these these guys are pros so they're they're doing all these shows all the time and you know there's plenty of jojo in fact Erdogan's voice actor ray chase uh voices one of the leads in the the most recent jojo season
1: oh interesting um small world small industry it is a very small
0: world anime voiceover is a very small world
1: um yeah and then they go like in this episode like they want to re-record their song the loneliest girl but they want to like have a better piano so they sneak into this like giant hall where the DJ's mm-hmm. playing i think they call it immigrant hall i think that's
0: what yeah was- and that's another hint at what the s- story is going to be about
1: <laughs> yes and i was like oh yeah that makes sense um that like oh okay this this, because obviously you know if you're in mars chances are you were fleeing somewhere in on earth um Mm -hmm. and um yeah the song like they like up themselves there's like some security guards and people who are watching who are just um who kind of like become teary-eyed but like as it's happening uh there's like a technician that's working uh the show he records it. I think his yeah, name so, is Roddy.
0: So that's Roddy. I thought he was going to be your speed wagon. I mean,
1: Roddy's pretty cool. I think Roddy has... He's uh, he's my second favorite character, I feel like. Yeah. I, I just think Jiggy... Jiggy just, like, surprised me. It surprised me in that world that there was, like, an AI um, pet alarm clock. Yeah. That was, that was just, like, you know... Just, like, hit, even Jiggy's introduction, where uh, he's uh, just the kind of bouncing off of Carol uh, is funny
0: yeah so yeah Roddy he secretly re- uh, records them and then this is where we get back to uh, Gus this is how Gus uh, comes into the fold because yeah he sees customers who are playing that uh, the song
1: yeah and he's like so drunk at this bar that he's like oh, shut it off and then he actually listens to it and goes and it's inspired probably for the first time in years yeah, to like manage someone.
0: Yeah, and then this uh, this is the end of the episode where, of course, Gus tries to break into their uh, r- room, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be your manager," and I just love how that ends.
1: Yeah, well, that one is like, it's like, oh, he's so angry. Roddy's also there, and it's kind of useless, but like in a kind of funny way. Yeah. Um. Uh, and like, yeah, my questions were like, "Why is he so aggressive?" <laughs> He's scaring them like that was the note they had, Um, because they are terrified and rightfully so, because he's like a bigger guy with tattoos, and as we said before, he was in a uh, he was a drummer in a band called Lazy Sandwich, that um, that was a Motorhead ripoff, Uh, Mm -hmm. which I think again is so fun, so specific, so funny, like everything from like oh of course he was in a shitty band called Lazy Sandwich because like that's the name of a shitty band. Like if you're if you're a band that's called Lazy Sandwich, like no one should expect you to be good, <laughs> right? Like, can you yeah. really name a band with like a shitty name that ended up being like a lot bigger than they should have been?
0: You can, uh, I can't, I can't think of one on the spot.
1: Because you can make an argument like, well, maybe like Nickelback, but like, but then like Nickelback <laughs> lives up to its uh, to the name of the band because it's like, oh, uh, they are the quality of that name. however you want to take it
0: so yeah i guess we've kind of already jumped to the third one because yeah this is the part where we you know we get the reveal of you know gus and we you know we get the most gus we've ever seen because now he's officially part of the plot
1: yeah so like he takes them out to uh to pizza um which is where the farm to table line comes from it's also like the scene um where the ordering food is kind of cut between a scene with tuesday's mother who's like telling her uh brother um forget the brother's name um
0: yeah he pl- he plays a role later on again see part two of this series yeah like the second half is very interesting and again i could see why a number of viewers including me when they watched that second half early on didn't quite get it but yeah I, again I, I think the series is just 100 percent fantastic it's very easy for me to recommend uh oh. yeah let's get more into the plot yeah sorry
1: oh yeah no it was just that um Oh, and his name's Spencer. I looked it up when yeah. he was talking. Um, but yeah, so he's going to, you know, he want, she basically wants to send him out to Alba City to go find and bring back Tuesday. Um, and this is where also the Brian Epstein references uh, made where they're like, you know, the Beatles wouldn't have been the Beatles without their manager, Brian Epstein. Which, I again, I love so specific. Like, I mean... He's not even, like, the most famous modern manager. Like, if you wanted to make something that was, like, kind of dated but also, like, made sense in the context, I feel like the most modern famous manager is Scooter Braun, who is Justin Bieber's manager, who, like, you kind of hear in the news sometimes. You're like, mm-hmm. who the hell is Scooter Braun? Like, you, you kind of be like, and then it's like, oh, Justin Bieber's manager. Because, like, like, recently Ju- Scooter Braun was in the news for, like, buying the um the masters of all of taylor Swift's songs
0: oh isn't he like okay he's 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 a bad guy though right he is
1: a bad guy and maybe brian Epstein. i've heard brian epstein's a good guy but i don't know much about brian epstein so i don't want
0: to like died before he could be too evil that's true so Uh,
1: um that was um, the thing
0: and again gus is definitely an old soul he's he's 100% the guy who's gonna who's gonna drop a beatles reference for sure
1: yeah that's and it makes sense um so then um and so then there's like also then we cut to angela and she's in a uh in a video called 37 questions which mm-hmm. is a parody i looked this up because i was like i know this is a parody it's a parody of a vogue a series of uh, youtube videos that vogue magazine does called 73 questions oh, i was like oh, that's clever it's
0: a direct parody then damn
1: full-on direct parody where they and they get they this dub is actually so good because they get the um they get the actual name or they they get the voice uh, not the name sorry the voice cadence of the interviewer like down like it's like when oh, you wow. listen it's crazy I wasn't expecting it I've only seen like one I've seen only like one or two of those seventy three questions videos but I rewatched one after watching this episode and I was like oh like they like it's legit
0: and the props props to the uh to the dub actor who did that and i uh, mean i wouldn't
1: be surprised if they just like contacted the guy who does it normally <laughs> like maybe who knows probably and I, not
0: before before we i mean we're we're still a little ways from finishing this off but i definitely want to mention there's actually you know three voice actors for, for each character there's japanese there's the english and then there's also the actual vocals so um so yeah, Carol. Her. Uh, I'm just going to name their vocal um, people because again, I think those are going to be the most overshadowed people in a sense of harder to find their credits and stuff. And yeah, Carol. Carol's vocal performer is Nye, Nye Bricks. Um Tuesday is uh, voiced by Selena On, and uh, Angela is voiced by an artist known as Alisa. And yeah, there's actually a there's actually a YouTube video um, that they made for uh for COVID where it's all the people who did the vocal performances of the characters, and they do, like, a little video of, you know... It's kind of like a riff on that terrible Gal Gadot video, Imagine, Only Good.
1: Oh, that's funny.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're singing the song, but they're just, you know, trying to be positive, and, you know... It's also just interesting just comparing how the characters uh, look to their uh, vocal performers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess... I have a question. So are they I, – because I don't know because I listen – I watch them. Do those uh, singers sing in English or are they, they like
0: – Yeah, exactly. The All the songs you're hearing are the same in both English and Japanese.
1: Okay. That's an, that's an interesting – Yeah. Because I wouldn't be, – I was like, oh, are they going to sing like – in Japanese, and then also have the same singers do the English version. But... No, it,
0: it's it's English both ways, actually. And again, yeah, I think, again, Wantanabe is a huge music nerd. I think he just likes English music.
1: That would make sense. Like, you're going, okay. Um...
0: Yeah, of course, you know, not every character. I mean, poor Erdogan, because Erdogan doesn't actually sing, so he doesn't have a, a vocal performer. So I didn't get to see who his counterpart was.
1: But he's a DJ and DJs are yeah, all about again, dropping yeah, there, the there beat.
0: would be no need.
1: Yeah. But it would have been funny if they he actually sang. Because, like, that's the other thing. Some of these, like, you know, Calvin Harris and, like, famous, like the Chainsmokers have started singing on their own tracks to, like, varying degrees of success.
0: And actually, yeah, before I forget, there's actually another really cool point about what they did. Uh, When it came to the vocal performances themselves, they actually uh, rotoscoped actors uh, or singers uh, performing these songs. So there's even separate performers who aren't even credited for this, whose uh, work was – yeah, they they traced over these people's live-action performances.
1: Oh, that's interesting. I'm surprised they're not just doing it for the – the vocalists themselves, that they have like a, another.
0: Yeah, with. perhaps they did. I didn't uh, recognize the performer they were talking to in the video I watched. So maybe, maybe someone on Twitter can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but the rotoscoping for sure, like it, it makes sense, especially in later performances of the show. Just again, the animation of the show is fantastic. It's it's not quite Wind Rises level. It is a TV show, but it's certainly on another level, I think compared to the other the other shows we've watched. That's good,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I mean, if it's from the creator of Cowboy Bebop, I think you're expecting a high level of, like, production value and, you know, attention to detail.
0: Yeah, and this, this show is actually, again, there, there's all these crossovers because the more shows we watch, the more things cross over. This show was animated by Studio Bones, who, who does uh, do My Hero Academia.
1: Even though, like, the animation styles are not very similar at all.
0: No, but My Hero Academia is definitely a pretty high-budget show. And uh, they have multiple studios, actually, with Studio Bones. Um, yeah, so Carol and Tuesday is animated by, effectively, their A-team. And I'm just going to double-check who does My Hero Academia. Yeah, I, Academia is animated by their Studio C. So, yeah.
1: Okay, so they have multiple.
0: Yeah, they, they have five studios ranging from A to E.
1: Yeah, so they're they're working on multiple projects at the same time. That's a smart thing to do from a business mm-hmm. standpoint. I I did notice like in terms of like how this episode is structured, the title card for this episode comes like 10 minutes in.
0: Yeah, that's weird. I was like <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I was like wait
1: a minute. Like did like uh, did I miss it before? And then nope, it's just right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like you don't even need the title card at that point if I'm being honest, but I don't know if this was intended for streaming before. or if this uh, is... It
0: was It was aired on, I believe, it was on, aired on Fuji TV first. I'm not sure how much Netflix funded it because, you know, internationally it is, you know, billed as a Netflix show.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it could have easily just been like, you know, a licensing deal.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, more and more Netflix is going to be, you know, making, I mean, Netflix makes plenty of full on original shows. Right now, and they they've made a huge investment into anime just because of the international appeal of it.
1: I can see that. I mean, this one I think it was billed as a Netflix original anime series.
0: So. Yeah, again, it's like how for Better Call Saul it'll be marketed as like a Netflix original here in Canada, even though we know it's uh, AMC.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, that w- that was just like such a weird again timing for the uh, title card. I also noticed that the second song that they sing. Yeah, uh, it's way more positive like this one it's it's not as it's like more about their dreams and like yeah. what they want to do whereas the first one is about like again literally called the loneliest girl um uh, where you're just like oh no i'm so sad
0: yeah in fact let's see uh right right after this ad goes through which i have on you we'll even play uh round and laundry Ooh. So again, like I just really love like you just see them like performing it live, just figuring it out, and you know, there's even a guy in the middle between them, just like you know, jamming to the beats. Yeah, I like that. That the guy wasn't just like, "Hey, you girls, shut the fuck up." Like I (laughs)
1: like. No. Again, it's it's just like this wasn't so positive. The guy's just like, "Yeah, I'm into this." I was like, "This is the world I want to see," because like I'm used to like again, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Very misogynist, uh, very <laughs> sexist. Even their
0: hero is misogynistic. I, I will say in part four, um, the jo shows in part, part four is certainly way less worse than he is in part in part three. <laughs> yeah, the shows
1: uh, since then have gotten less and less misogynist. But again, um, we're
0: Jojo when when it t- when it comes to actual timeline in terms of adaptation, Jojo, we were you know watching something that may have come out in you know 2014, but we were watching something that you know is adapted from 1988 material
1: oh yeah i mean it's it's again you, that's where you can tell some of the material is dated um For sure. even if it is uh very popular but yeah i liked like the origins that they are like looking at the laundry and that's why like they come up with the song again it's like another good kind of glimpse into inspiration and how it can just kind of come from almost nowhere like,
0: yeah and again it's god this show is just so positive and especially right now when the world sucks <laughs> um I think, I think we need more of this content, even if it, you know, it came out in 2019. It's certainly a very good 2020 show. I feel.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't know when this episode's going to come out, but like we're recording it uh, in September. Um, right and... now there's a
0: huge smoke cloud just it, taking over Vancouver. I can't see my view at all. Everything is disgusting and gray and black.
1: Yeah. Like it looks like just like a heavy fog. Uh, like I can't like, I have a, uh, my view i have a little bit of the water can't really see the water um and i'm not very far away from the water so it's like oh man this is uh not a fun time and you're like the your eyes get dry and it's like not so great and i like that this in this world it's like re- again relentlessly positive um i've noticed i've gone into like watching more positive shows recently that i'm kind of done with like super dark shows like outside of the what we're covering up for the anime but like it was just something i appreciated really um and uh like and even then they after this they go to uh like basically they're supposed to go to voice training but Mm -hmm. it's like a meditation thing that's like it's really (laughs) weird and it's kind of comedic
0: yeah and then also um angela has her own training and it's quite freaky yeah she can't hit these high notes and um so Tao, who's you know the ai guy he, uh you know he, out pops you know she's she's on what would you describe what she's sitting on she's sitting on this like dentist chair kind of almost i was
1: gonna say it's like a dentist torture chair that's like yeah. it, uh like it's like got like robot arms and like pins her down she calls it a torture device and she's like and it's like you know she has to like hit these notes um and like when she's not hitting them like things are prodding at her larynx to like get her to do the notes and at the very like end of like we kind of cut back to it a couple of times the last one like there looks like they're gonna like basically perform surgery on her and she gets so scared that she screams and that's what like gets her to hit the note that Tao was looking for
0: yeah and then uh yeah our our final uh, bit of this is where um yeah they they meet Erdogan And of course, you know, we, you know, we, we know of Harvey Weinstein and all that. And so they do kind of prime you. And even Gus says, what does he say? He's like, uh... oh, um, I forgot what exactly the the phrasing he used was. Uh... Did you write that one down? No. Oh, I didn't
1: write down what Gus said. He, oh, I think he said something like, this isn't what it used to be.
0: No, but also just like if Erdogan pulls something, don't, don't do it or whatever.
1: Oh yeah, because like when I mean, it's like yeah, don't yeah, just call for me or something. I'm gonna get past. Yeah, this.
0: because they're you know we we've all we all kind of know the tropes of these series and you know casting couch. Um, but no, again, Erdogan, you know, he does take off his shirt and he's in just a speedo. But nope, he just exercises. <laughs> um, I, I'm not even sure if you know Erdogan even enjoys sex. I feel like he's just like borderline asexual almost. He's he's just someone who at this point is just completely bored.
1: Yeah, well, I think he literally says, "I'm." This is a quote from Erdogan. It goes, "I am the only one who can transcend me. Uh, I didn't choose music; it was music who chose uh, chose me."
0: Yeah, and um, you know, sadly, uh, even though you know Erdogan doesn't pull any creepy stuff on them, he he does reject what they uh, what they give him. He does not like their song at all. Well, they don't even, he doesn't even,
1: he doesn't doesn't listen to it. He just goes like, I only invest in like AI music and like I don't believe in uh, people actually making good music. Like all good music comes from computers. So I'm not even going to waste my time because this has obviously been done before and like this is, you know, why would I even bother? Like a computer is going to make the best song. And I think what like, I guess uh, Watanabe, is, um, I think I butchered that, Yeah, uh, that Watanabe?
0: Uh, Watanabe.
1: Watanabe.
0: We're going to cover more of his shows. You'll have time to, to figure it out. I think there's, uh, other, there's there's several other shows that are definitely worth covering, not just Bebop.
1: Yeah, but it, like, proves um, – not necessarily proves, but it's like, oh, for Watanabe, um, I think it's kind of highlighting that issue of, like, well, yeah, if it goes to AI, it's going to – like. AI music and AI fiction and AI, like, art is always going to miss the human element. Like, I think the human element is so much more important. And I think it feels like the show's setting up for that, that, like, you know, a computer can't create the emotion that Carol and Tuesday are necessarily, like, putting into their
0: music. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, this this is where we get to see a new side of Tuesday because Tuesday does not take this news well. She she burns her copy of her lyrics uh, on like his like cigarette lighting thing or whatever. Yeah, he essentially ar-
1: has a cigarette lighter in the middle of a table yeah. that he like uses, and yeah, she just like gets into a trance and like burns it, feeling like oh, one obstacle. I'm oh, it's over. Like we we can't. Yeah. He rejected us, so everyone's going to reject us, even though it's been established that from the video of them performing at Immigrant Hall, that there are fans, like they have like millions of views from that video, so
0: yeah. uh, they
1: well, have well, gone viral without knowing it.
0: But, you know, I think now we're definitely at the tail end of, you know, covering this, but what I do love about this show is that it avoids pretty much every trope you expect. Um Again, although I I do just love, you know, again, you know, she lights the fire and it sets off the sprinklers and Erdogan. Again, Erdogan isn't that bad of a guy. He doesn't care. He's like, "Oh, I need a shower anyways."
1: Yeah, and like it's established that in uh Erdogan's place, he has like Banksy pieces. Like one of the art that he uh pieces that he has is like when Banksy infamously uh had the shredder on that one piece of art. Okay. Um But except this one, it's, like, it seems like it jammed. So, like, you kind of still see the art that's been shredded, but it's not. um, Which is clearly a nod to what Banksy did. Um, And, uh, yeah, he doesn't care. He's, like, and then when his, like, bodyguards come running to help him out, he's, like, well, at least I don't need a shower. Because, like, he's being sprayed on by the fire alarm.
0: He's a good dude. He's not, like, you know, you'll rue the day.
1: No, and, like, he's, again, he's not a villain, really. He's, like, again, this, like, a guy who probably is seeking inspiration. Like, he is, like, this kind of douchey DJ. Like, that's sort of what he is. Like, he's representative of that. But it's kind of, like, you start seeing, at least in my opinion, the kernels of, like, someone who maybe wants to do more or is maybe seeking more, like, artistic um opportunity or, like, it's something that he'll he's looking, he'll probably change for the better going forward.
0: Yeah. And again, yeah, the show really does avoid these tropes. Like I'll just say right now, you don't get any of the BS story where like, you know, Carol and Tuesday break up or anything, or one of them becomes more famous than the other and they, they get into a conflict or something. Um, The show really is like pretty cliche free.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's already clear that it's like, there's no competition. And the truth is, is like, they all need each other to be successful like they are like you know being set up to be the next great musical duo mm-hmm. um, and you don't see a lot of musical duos anymore and i think that's a shame like i think the newest musical duo that i've been listening to personally is there's a band called surfaces okay. it's like two guys um from texas they do a song called sunday best uh that's and they did a song with elton john called learn to fly recently and it was like oh i kind of like miss that like in terms of just like two people almost like not so they don't really harmonize but like yeah it's like i guess macklemore and ryan lewis it's like when ryan lewis left macklemore macklemore has basically disappeared
0: interesting and yeah like the the character you know there's so many more characters to be introduced but i do just love how i mean again i watched the final performance because it was part of that um youtube uh covid video they did and just again, like the 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 seven the the seven minute miracle, man. Like I was even after not having seen the show in about a year, it was just interesting just recognizing all these small characters who do get developed over the course of these twenty four episodes. And it, yeah, fuck, I, I I I give the show my highest recommendation as a series. I love the show. I know we're gonna cover Bebop, and Bebop is a classic. But I think Carol and Tuesday is, is definitely, I think it's the best thing Wadnabe has done since then.
1: So like in the, in the 2000s, this is the best he's done in your opinion. I mean, you know,
0: he's, I mean, he's, you know, his, his series work started with Cowboy Bebop. I mean, I'm not going to count Macross or anything like that. Although I def, I have seen Macross plus, which he did. And, you know, I think this is far better than that.
1: Yeah. I think we're done like in terms of like, I don't yeah. think I have anything more to say about this. Um,
0: yeah, It's a good show people. Um, I give it my highest recommendation. What about you, Malcolm?
1: Um, yeah, I, I'd say I I recommend it. I think there's, uh, yeah, it's like a nice positive show that if you're looking for something that's like more positive, like, I, I think the way I wrote down in my notes is like it has like a Disney channel optimism that I just really like. Mm -hmm. Um, that's like a very appealing. And, uh, I mean, I'm, you know, sometimes I'm a sucker for you know, kind of a, uh, YA story. And I think this is one of the best ones done in this genre um or subgenre rather because this is anime i mean this is one of those questions of like is this anime or is this like this whole other thing um because yeah it's uh, really enjoyable this one might be uh one of the yeah
0: might be one of those
1: shows that i actually want to revisit and rewatch.
0: yeah and it's funny because i didn't think of the show as something worth covering for a spoiler cast although in some ways it kind of is there are I don't think this is a show where, you know, we would do three a day. It's more we would probably just watch the entire thing and cover it. Uh, Because, again, we've kind of set up the major arc already with the show. But, yeah, there are, like, again, the music is just so beautiful. The story that they are telling I can't really talk about. But it is, like, it did, you know, it catches people by surprise. Because I think they're expecting this standard, you you know, rise to stardom thing. And the second half then gets into a far more political thing. But, again, like... Yeah. I think, I think that w- the places the show goes, yeah. Like Watanabe has a very clear idea of what he's talking about.
1: So, yeah, I say, uh, I say, watch it, watch this. Um, you don't need to watch Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. This is. Oh uh, no.
0: We, you know, it's funny because we keep going back because it's a fun <laughs> thing to talk about at least.
1: <laughs> I guess. Uh, I think as I, we watch more of this stuff in like the wind, uh, rises i'm like oh I, I it's it's highlighting how much i didn't like jojo's bizarre adventure. for sure
0: for sure i know uh,
1: it's funny because and blo- and iron uh blooded orphans
0: iron I blooded say. orphans are yeah uh, that's for sure the bottom of the list
1: which which i think is funny because as i keep have mentioned uh referenced since those episodes i robert eo Speedwagon, jojo bizarre adventure biscuit the lovable biscuit Iron Blooded Orphans,
0: um, and then who do we have? We had oh, God, I already forgot his name. Uh, the German man from uh, Wind Rises. What was his name? Oh, um, I uh, the Werner Herzog. <laughs> Werner Herzog's character. I, who who was the biscuit of My Hero Academia? You know, we don't even have to say. We'll revisit it eventually. Probably. There's, there's, there's more biscuits. There's, I mean, My Hero. There's so many more biscuits to to discover in that show, anyways, in the further watching. But yeah, and I guess now though we're at the end. So before I forget, I should definitely assign you, dear viewer, as well as Malcolm, the next show to watch, and the episodes. So we are going to be watching Violet Evergarden in episodes 1, 2, and 10.
1: All right. I don't know what that means uh, <laughs> in terms of a title for a show, but... Uh I'm uh interested to find out.
0: You know again I I think it's definitely I'll I'll give you a hint it's a bit more female focused and I think especially after our four our four episode round of boys shows you know we're we're kind of avoiding boys shows for a little bit.
1: I don't hate that.
0: <laughs> so don't worry, we'll we'll get back to it eventually. But yeah, anyways uh like and subscribe. You can find us on Is This Anime Pod. Uh we upload episodes every Tuesday and yeah, Is This Anime Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, thank you. And if you guys think I picked the wrong episodes or we should be picking some different series, uh, feel free to shout at us. I'm glued to my phone.
1: Yes, and uh, thank you and have a great rest of your day.
0: Maybe in the future, this future your listeners are listening to, maybe the future won't suck. Maybe it'll be closer to the one that Carol and Tuesday have. <laughs> okay. Not not the awful, disgusting, gray gray sky I'm looking at right now. <laughs> All right, take it easy.